0: Welcome to The Sound of Goshen, brought to you by the Goshen Chamber of Commerce and your community health system, Goshen Health. See what living vibrantly can mean for you. It starts with Goshen Health. Get strong, feel better, live vibrantly. Visit livevibrantly.com. This week's podcast episode Sounds of Success.
1: Welcome to The Sound of Goshen. I'm your host, Vince Turner, and today's episode is The Sound of Success featuring author Marshall King. Marshall is the author of the soon-to-be-released Disarmed, The Radical Life and Legacy of Michael M.J. Sharp. Uh, You know Marshall around town from wearing many hats, uh, still wears many hats. A journalist at the Elkhart Truth, as a matter of fact, in his his last gig at The Truth, he was the managing editor. You know him as a food writer, both at The Truth and uh, nationally in several different magazines. He has now become an accomplished chef, although he'll deny that and say that he's still got a long way to go. And he currently works uh, as a communications man at uh, the Community Foundation of Elkhart County. Uh, A bon vivant, if we would, Marshall, Uh, a man about town.
0: That almost sounded like French, Vince. Thanks. (laughs) Nice to be here.
1: I did have a year in high school, but that was many, many moons ago.
0: Uh, let's talk
1: a little bit about um, about M. J. Sharp. First of all, who was he, and what made you decide that it was time to write?
0: Uh, M. J. W- had some connection to Goshen. Uh, he went to Bethany Christian High School and was the orchestrator of one of the 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 best pranks ever done at Bethany, <laughs> of hacking the bell system uh, and and bedeviling the uh, administrators at the time. Uh, MJ was working in Africa uh, for the United Nations in 2017 when he, was, he went missing for a couple weeks and then was, was found dead. And then later we learned more about his death. I, did, I had met MJ a couple times. I knew his family a bit. And when he went missing, it caused um, a, a reaction among a lot of us who, who were Mennonite. Just here was someone who was living out their Mennonite beliefs to the point that they lost their life. And, and that's pretty rare. Um, certainly among pacifists who don't, you know, (laughs) uh, go to the, to go to the front necessarily in the same way as, as some other folks in this world. So, um, when the, when it happened, I was reading the headlines. I was not, you know, a full-time journalist at that point, but I thought this is a really good story. And soon after his death started working on, a longer telling of that story and, uh, a, you know, nearly the fifth anniversary of his death will be in March and, uh, the book comes out in January. So it's taken, taken a bit of time.
1: <laughs> you know, I want to step back just a little bit in, 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 our personal friendship and in our professional relationship, the word book has come up many times and uh, in, in different subjects. I think everybody just assumed if Marshall King was going to write a book, it was going to be about food. If Vince Turner was going to write a book, it was going to be about sports. And then all of a sudden here you are enmeshed in what has been an emotional journey that we'll talk about a little bit later, but what then prompted you to decide, okay, it's time to cross that line. I'm going to do the book.
0: You know, I think Marshall King assumed that his first book would be a food book as well. <laughs> so, um, it wasn't, I, I, mean, I've used the language, um, borrowed from a poet that, you know, we we, We spend most of our lives waiting to be claimed by a great idea. I feel like this story claimed me and chose me as much as I chose it. Early on, I said to the family, you know, I'm interested in doing more with this. And over a period of months, as I earned their trust, they said, yes, you're the guy. You're the guy who's going to tell the story of MJ. And so once I had made that commitment, then I kind of was on the hook and just, and and would say, well, I said I was going to do this. Now I just got to figure out how to do it. And, and so over a period of years, it was an energizing process to interview people, to hear about this guy's life, to, to pick up the pieces as a reporter, but also know that I was doing something very different than I had ever done before. Mm-hmm. And so um, I had a food book idea when I walked out of the truth for the last time in May of 2016. And over the following 10 months, I really struggled to figure out how to make, it, how to make that work, uh, how to do that. And then when MJ died, I was like, well, here we are. And so I had been talking about writing a book for more than half my life. I mm-hmm. mean, and and it looked different at different times. I mean, I think in my 20s, I thought I'd write the great American novel. Um, <laughs> that didn't happen. Still might. It Still might, but it didn't happen in my 20s and I'm grateful for that because it'd probably be embarrassing. But uh, but this book then became the thing and the thing to which I committed um, running this marathon with and and here we are.
1: You know, it seems so very trite to say, but it sets the stage for you to describe the process. There's more to writing the book than writing. And as I watched you go through this process, probably the most meticulous aspect of it all was your research, your interviews, your travels, trying to put everything together before you ever sat down at a word processor.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was both and, because I was, I was writing some sample chapters, I was doing... Trying to find a publisher, or trying to find an agent, and putting a book proposal together, and how do you do that? So I was doing that along the way, but I was always talking to people. And in fact, I mean, the last interviews for the book, I was writing the book, and the last interviews probably happened in March or April, and I turned it in in July. So I mean, the interviews were were there almost until the end, and and it was just that I didn't feel like I had to talk to everyone, but I was scared of what I would miss, mm-hmm. or I, I I was I wanted to make sure I had it. I wanted to make sure that I, um, and I was energized by most of those conversations. Um, I mean, people just said some really remarkable things and then I would go, oh, that was, that was, wow, that was really good. So, uh, and the travel that went along with it was kind of fun. And, and, um, I mean, it was, it was, I was engaged and it was in this engaging thing. And I hope people feel that when they read the book as well. Marshall, did you find in
1: the process with some of, whether it was family members or friends or acquaintances with MJ, did you find in some ways that your activity, the, you know, reaching out with the book, gathering information, etc., helped them process the, the, the death as well?
0: Yeah. I mean, over and over again, people said, I wasn't sure about talking to you, but it was really helpful to do so. And I'm not a counselor. Uh, I'm, I'm married to one, but I'm not a counselor. Uh, and, but I know how to interview someone, I think. And it was that process. It's, it's, it's almost embarrassing when I listened to some of the audio recordings of my interviews of how much talking I did. Cause how a lot of the time I was sharing information with them. Well, I learned this. Did you know this? You just told me this, that coincides with what this other person said. And so I was doing talking as well as listening as I was doing the reporting. And, um, I I mean, it was, I, I became, I became good friends with the family. I became Mm -hmm. good friends with some of his good friends. Um, and, and not every interview was, you know, was, was a long ball or a home run, but, but a lot of these were really good conversations and, um, and yeah, people felt, I, I was able to earn the trust of people along the way most of the time. And there were people who didn't talk to me and refused to talk to mm-hmm. me over a number of years. And I understand that because this was incredibly painful and hard and still is for many of them. Marshall, you've
1: done a really good job through this process of making sure that you didn't claim to be closer to MJ than you really were. I mean, I've I've dealt with authors who suddenly passed themselves off as the best friend. But yet at the same time in this process you learned that you were a little bit closer to him than you thought in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I I I was a little sheepish that i didn't know mj better while he was still living um i was at the same new year's eve party with him two and a half months before he died uh we were at ignition garage with with a mutual friend i remember standing in a circle with him and i didn't talk to him the rest of the night i didn't realize what he was doing in the congo i didn't realize um the range of his work and had i done so had i had i realized that night i probably would have you know, peg, put him in a corner and pegged him with questions for an hour and a half. I didn't. And I think that's probably a good thing. I I like to say I was close enough to the story to know, understand it and know it, have a sense for how to tell it, but far enough away that I still had some um, distance or, or Mm -hmm. perspective. And so, I mean, I learned to know MJ really well. I learned things that a lot of people who knew him may not have known simply because of how he compartmentalized his life. So I, you know, it turns out I'm distantly related to him. Uh, that's one of the first lessons of doing this project is that Mennonites in North America are a really small tribe. (laughs) Uh, and, and I started finding all these mutual connections that I didn't realize were there. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, his grandfather and my mom are cousins and, and there you have it. So, but no, I, I won't recreate all the moments backstage that I supposedly had with him, or all the things that I was actually at when I wasn't. Or yeah. I, I just was the guy who came along with a willingness to tell the story and then got it done.
1: Even so, this project took you on a bit of an emotional roller coaster, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I lived with a dead guy for four and a half years. Mm. Um, I, by proxy, you know, that this book process and the reporting of it and the writing of it has, you know, been a huge part of my marriage and home life as well. I mean, it's just, I process things by talking them out loud and, um, for, for good for me and sometimes probably ill for her means my wife gets to listen to a lot of this stuff. So, (laughs) I mean, I, but it was challenging to tell the story. I mean, MJ died in a horrible way. I mean he was he was set up and killed um because of the work he was doing and because of how close he may have been to the truth about how child soldiers and mass graves were were um part of the violence in in the Democratic Republic of the Congo mm-hmm. and so that the toll of the story inevitably took a toll on me and I was aware of that sometimes better than others um but I I've, I've certainly learned over the course of the way that Carrying the story wasn't, um, like, uh, carrying a food column. I mean, it, they mm-hmm. had a different weight and, and that's okay. I'm, I, I have no, um, I'm, I'm glad I was able to, to, to carry the story and see it through to this point and now share MJ's story with a broader audience.
1: What are some of the most important things do you take away from this process in terms of what you learned about MJ? I mean, who, who he was and, and what he stood for.
0: Yeah, I mean MJ was was someone who was willing to give his talents to the world. Um and I, you know, I think that's what all of us want, right? We want what we're good at to help somebody else. And so MJ was bright and um willing to do this work in a variety of settings. He loved adventure, he loved travel. He was proud of the fact that he had to get extra pages sewn into his passport. And yet it wasn't just about going to all the hot spots in the world um, hot vacation spots. It was going to some of the actual hot spots mm-hmm. where, um, where people don't normally go. And so, um, he, he, the courage with which he did that was remarkable. The humility with which he did that was remarkable. And, um, the way that he was willing to, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned from MJ is he was willing to put himself alongside people with whom he didn't agree and with whom, who wouldn't agree with him. And engage them in conversation, and listen to them, and treat them as as humans. And in our modern context, that's hard. That's harder and harder to find. And MJ was really good at that. And so I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned, and that I hope others learn from reading the book.
1: Yet, under the big umbrella that is the Mennonite Church, he
0: was the consummate Mennonite. Yeah, in many ways, he probably drank more than the consummate Mennonite. But, <laughs> but. uh he, he, <laughs> I, I, that's, that's a bit I, of a joke, yeah, but I mean, I in terms of living out this, this notion of how to bring about peace in the world, yes, very much so wrestling with the faith questions and wrestling with how to negotiate differences. Yeah, very much so. Um, and, and, and that's why his story is worth, uh, paying attention to. What did you learn about yourself? I mean, I was, as a newspaper guy, um, I, I, physically i'm not a sprinter but as a newspaper guy and as a writer i'm a sprinter so i i would write i would write you know go to an interview or a couple interviews and then write a write a piece and move on and so sticking with one one piece you know one long piece for this long and then writing that much and then having to cut a bunch of it um to make it a better book i i i did have the discipline to stick with it um and I learned, I was able to use the skills that I had learned from a career in the newspaper business and translate it to a different kind of writing and a different kind of work. And, um, and I was able to manage, manage the emotion of an emotional story and tell the story of someone's life without hopefully in ways that are honest and realistic, um, you know, not everything's in the book. We all have chapters we want to keep unpublished. And I think MJ probably did too. Um, but I also think that it's a pretty good, honest telling of a guy's life.
1: I've heard families say that everybody ought to build a house, but only one everybody ought to run a marathon, but only one, uh, is Marshall King going to write another book sometime soon?
0: I, I don't know about sometime soon. I think I, I think I, I did enjoy the book writing process. I learned some things that I, you know, hopefully some mistakes that I wouldn't repeat. and, and I do believe that I have um, more books to write. I'm just going to try and um, talk about this one and get as many people to buy this one first. Of
1: course, you may need permission from your counselor at home. Yeah, she's also, my
0: wife is also known as my agent. And uh, <laughs> I never actually found an actual agent to represent the book. But uh, my wife is my agent. And so if someone comes to me asking me to do some sort of work gig, she gets to sign off. <laughs> so uh, we've already did. You know, the book, the book process at the end of it, we were both pretty weary. And, and, uh, in a conversation, she said something about if you do another book and I'm like, wait, you're going to let me do another book. We'll see. So,
1: so the opinions expressed by the author in this household are not necessarily those of the manager. That's exactly right. So. <laughs> Take us through the nuts and bolts then. Um, when will the book be available? How do people access it?
0: Yeah. Disarmed, uh, is being published by many, media or Herald press. It's a, a small church press. Uh, it comes out officially on January 11th. You can pre-order it now in 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 all the places in Barnes and Noble, uh, in Fables, our our bookstore here in downtown Goshen, uh, on Amazon, or from the publisher itself. Uh, if you pre-order, the book will arrive, you know, around the uh, around January 11th date. Um, we'll do a, a number of events in Goshen, probably in January and even February, um, where you'll be able to buy the book as well. Mm-hmm. Um, There'll be an, a launch event um, around the time of of January 11th, and um, I'll be happy to sign anybody bu- any book that uh, anybody wants me to sign.
1: Well, it's a congratulations. Uh, the buck one thing crossed now off the bucket list. That's, That's exactly right. Good. So, so yeah,
0: it's uh, it's been remarkable. And again, you don't a lot of people have been um, you and others. Vince have been incredibly supportive along the way uh have offered uh you know assurance that I could actually do this and uh and affirmation and 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 just the number of people. I mean I interviewed more than a hundred different people for the book. And so I mean it's not something that I could could have done by myself.
1: Well I'm proud of you and proud for you. Thank uh, Wish you the best as as it rolls out and you go through another emotional rollercoaster exactly. dealing with people in the aftermath. Our thanks to Marshall King the sound of success is just one segment of our Sound of Goshen. Check out our website, soundofgoshen.com, for the sound of the economy, the sound of service, and the sounds around town as well. I'm your host, Vince Turner. Thank you for joining us.